the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Giving up Christ for religion? That is very costly, as we will find out today here on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. From Galatians chapter 4, we are reminded that to give up Christ, to return to religion and religious practices can be very deadly, very costly. We're looking at that once again today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Quick reminder, if you have questions for Pastor Phil, we'd love to hear from you. Use your voice memo app, record your question and your name and where you're calling from, then email it to us at tftquestions at valleybible.org. If you can't wait, join us this Friday on Lifeline here on KFAX. Pastor Phil will be your guest host. Again, that's this Friday evening on Lifeline. Now here's Pastor Phil with today's program. I know some folks have been more zealous about Amway than they have ever been about God. It's amazing how zealous you can get for something that doesn't matter and have not an ounce of zeal for what really matters. But he said, these Judaizers, they're all zealous, but it's not for good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may be zealous for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good. You know, he told Israel in Romans 10, they're zealous, but not according to knowledge. Zeal without knowledge is just a lot of busy work. It's like a, a bumblebee that's just in the air, a lot of motion. You're zealous, so what? Muslims are too. Zeal doesn't mean you're right. I sometimes am bothered why truth makes you lose zeal. I think they both could hang out together. Zealous for truth. Why is it the smarter some folks get in God's word, the duller they become? Something's wrong. They've only got head knowledge. They've only got a Gnostic knowledge. They can beat you with arguments, but they can't win you with love. But they think all their arguments. I want to tell you, an ounce of love can do a lot more than a ton of knowledge at times. You see, you can know, you can know the prescription that will get me well, but you've got the knowledge this medicine will work, but you know you can get $1,000 for it if I'm a dying man. You can get 1000 but you know what? Love might make you give it to me just to save my life. But your knowledge can say, I can get a thousand bucks an ounce for this stuff. Love would say, I'm not going to market what can save a man's life. Let's go to the maternity ward. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. How I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I'm perplexed about you. Have you ever loved somebody for God and see them go back to the pit from which they came? I invested 18 years of my life 
and a man that went back to drugs and prostitutes. The last time I saw him, the years have not been favorable. He's haggard. He's worn. He's scarred. Two marriages are past tense. Three children have been lost to him in the way of influence. But how many Bible studies I'd been in with him. How many prayer meetings. How many times we took the Lord's Supper together. And if I was just to think for him, think about it now very long. I've never had a baby, but I could travail. He, he's been stolen, stolen away. I'm travailing for you, believers. I, I see you're being allured by another gospel. You're being allured by another way to be accepted before God by deeds of the law. And I've told you by deeds of the law, no man will ever be justified before God. I, I believe you really did believe, but now you're, you're being misled. You're being bewitched. You're, being, uh, you're under an influence of a fortune teller, as it were. And what it's doing to me internally, and of all things, the apostle he uses the metaphor of a woman having a baby. I mean, this is an amazing use of language. I feel like a woman having a baby. I, I experienced this when I preached to you, and now all over again, I'm travailing because it's not enough that you be saved initially. My longing is that Christ would be formed in you. And the word here uh, for Christ being formed in you uh, is the word that uh, he said, let this uh, attitude be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not something to be grasped to at all costs, but took on him the form of a servant. That word form, Kenneth Wee says, it's like a tennis player that you watch him play and he says, he's got good form. And what you mean by that is he uses the tennis racket to display his internal skill. He, he, he externally manifests that inside and intuitively he's a good tennis player. He knows the game. And that the form is the external expression of what you've really become. There's another Greek word called schema. And don't we hear it? Scheme. And it only meant external appearances. The scheme of things. But this word form meant internal reality manifested in external display. He said, I long, I travail that Christ could be put on display in your life. Not a religious calendar, not religious Judaistic uh, deeds. It's Christ that is to be on display, not church rules, not religious activity. I'm looking for Christ in you. And hear me, hear me. You don't know what I'm talking about unless you've worked with souls. As a pastor, my burden for you is not that you tithe, not that you just give your money, not that we can count you every Sunday. I'm waiting for the day that I could see Christ in you. Christ in you. I see it in your attitude. Let this attitude, what was it? One of humility. 
Oh, I hate to see strut in the church. The pompous arrogance of some Christians. You don't need, I doubt you know him. Or if you do, what's taking you so long to act like him? Where is the humility that prefers one another? Where is the humility that esteems your brother? Where is the humility that will stoop to teach anything, to wash toilets if it's for Jesus? And some of you, you've never got involved in service because you're not like Christ. No Christ, because Christ makes servants out of consumers. And the church is a consumer sport today. Judging sermons, judging the temperature, judging all of our programs. Is there enough there worthy for me to come? Clean out if you want. God turns a person into a servant. He turns him into a stupor. He stoops so very low, it says in Philippians. And I look at some believers. They're critics. They're smart alecks. They're non-givers. They're non-servers. They just are con- they're parasites on the image. Now they all win, all win when we see Christ in you. Not religious activity. Paul said, when I come among you Corinthians, I will know none of the speech of the puffed up, but I will look for those who have the power of Christ working in their life. What's Jesus? I, I, I have a contact with a person who claims to be a believer that I know. And you know what's amazing to me? It, this is, amazes me. How you can be with a believer for an hour and never mention Jesus. Maybe that's it's a little corny to you. No, I'm, I'm just talking about in a, in a fellowship. I'm not talking about you're at a machine press and you've got a bunch of pressure. But I'm saying just in, in a casual hour, you'd be together and you both say you're Christians. And so I assume Christ is in you. Christ is in me. And y- you would think the thing that makes us brother and sister, you'd kinda, you could just kind of mention him a little bit. Jesus. You know, just sneak out. Sneak out. And I'll even be with preachers sometimes. You know, I look for preachers. When I get with preachers, I'm waiting for them not to tell me about the attendance. I don't want to hear about the buildings, and I don't want to hear about their offerings. Tell me what Jesus means to you. Are you growing and knowing him? Hey, man, we've got to build the kingdom. We're, we're building a new building. Our budget is this and that. I said, oh, baloney. I was going to hell before there was any budgets. Could you talk about your Redeemer? Do you love him like you did at the first? No, you don't, because you've become a CEO businessman and you've fallen out of love with the head of the church who was building the church before you ever showed up, and he'll be building it when you die. Because the church is being built on the power of a resurrected Christ and not on a bunch of charismatic preachers. He builds the church, not us preachers. And I happen to be a preacher, and I ain't ashamed of it. But it is Christ. I think of Christ being formed in you. I think when he comes to the fruit of the Spirit, he said in John, the Spirit will never promote himself. So when I get around a Spirit-filled Christian, I'm not waiting to hear him talk in tongues, and I'm not looking for him to cast out a demon. When Jesus 
is talked about, I know the Holy Spirit, for he said in 1 Corinthians 12, before he discussed spiritual gifts, he said, by the way, no man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The first subject of the Spirit is not gifts. It's who Jesus is. He's Lord. Well, I get around people that are having Christ formed in them. I love one of our deacons pray today. Lord, we love being with elders that get bossed by you. Is that wonderful? That was music to my ear. I hope that's true. I hope Jesus is the boss of the leadership. Would you accept that? Most churches don't care who it is as long as we pay the rent. That's why there's no one hardly being saved in many churches. We're packing buildings, but we're not seeing people saved. Because God only saves where Jesus is treated as Lord. I ask, do people see Christ in you? I travail that you would think like Christ. I think of Matthew 11. Take my yoke upon you and you'll become meek or gentle. And that means easy to be around. That's one of the meanings of it. You'll be non-threatening to be around. I asked a guy one time if he ever fellowshiped, and he was a pastor. I said, do you get with many preachers? He said, no. I said, why not? He said, it's hard to fellowship with sharks. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, when it is a, a pitting of who will get to speak the loudest and the most, and you don't sense any humility or gentleness in the room, I don't care to compete. But I love to know men who know him. I've been around preachers a long time. By the way, I must say this. You know what's uh, precious about you people to me? When I lost 20-some-odd pounds from two back surgeries, come down with diabetes three major surgeries since I was turned 53 in the last nine years. You've seen me through a hip replacement, eight bolts in my back at present. I literally set off every alarm in the airport when I walked through. I'm the Iron Man. I got it here, here, and between my ears. I got a plate there. You don't know. Uh, I mean, but I, I, I remember those days when I uh, came back, how so many of you looked at me and so many of you sincerely said, Pastor, you look miserable. I said, thanks, I am. I'm weak. I'm discouraged. For sickness makes you lonely. Doris Diaz is lonely because she's dying and nobody's drawn to go to the side of the dying or the weak. We can only run with those that are strong, you know, because it's the only way we can get known. No one dares run with the weak. But it's a wonderful thing to be nurtured, loved, and to find a net to fall in when you're at your weakest moment. Not just when you're preaching a glorious sermon, but when you've got so many drugs in you that you'd rather not be here at times I would set up there for concerts and different meetings 
because I did not have the strength to talk to anybody. But the gospel is greater than the physical ailments of those who bear it. This message is alive in a weak Paul. Paul was greater than the best politicians we've got going today because of his message, of his message. And so you enter into the pathos of seeing somebody lead people to the Lord that all of a sudden they're being picked off. And uh, he starts all over the agony for them. And uh, as I said, I think the only one that could really relate the most is I think of a mother. She had to visit Martina's jail to visit her girl or boy. And uh, you women pay a price for these children us men know nothing about. I was present, but I wasn't having the pain. And to think after you... uh, you know, I think you women are saying, I'm willing to bear the pain if I can get a child that someday will look like me, someday act like me, someday have my values. Come on, there's something involved in this posterity business. We, we're not just having a children. Well, I don't care what you turn out to be. I'll see you later. We just like to get pregnant. No, no, no. No, we want a product that will be a compliment, a product that will... Be there when you're old and gray-headed and say, Mama, I remember you. I love you. I don't want white coats around me. I want my children around me. But then you think that all of a sudden some drug dealer picked her off or some guy hit on her and got her pregnant and she got hooked on drugs to support her habit. And someone just wastes her. And you look on her at 22 years of age and say, My darling baby that I went through the pain of childbirth I'm in a brand new travail to get you out of this jail, get you on your feet, to get you where you act right. And I'm going to say this. This is one of the burdens that pastors have, not star guest speakers on the itinerary run. When you live with the people, you're not just going around getting honorariums and being the red-hot preacher. I know a little bit about it. When you stay with a congregation, you watch people, you keep looking, where's Christ growing in them? Are they becoming like Christ? Is Christ in the marriage? Is Christ in their praying? Christ, Christ, I long that he be formed in you, that he be put on display, and that you be changed from glory to glory. I want to ask you, hear me, hear me now. Are you right now in the process of exchanging Christ for another religion? Has somebody been picking you off and you're buying into a works religion? That was the danger here. Two, is somebody else alluring you away, alluring you to another relationship where you'll have to give up being like Christ to be with them? You're going to try to yoke Belial, Satan, with Christ. So you said, I, I had a pastor I was with last week who said, you know, the new model, don't you, in the church? I said, what's that? He said, it used to be drugs, sex, and rock and roll. He said, now it's drugs, sex, and praise and worship. Nothing's changed. I just want to go to a good gospel concert where I can jump and go. I said, wait, 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 wait. You just changed the music. You've never become like Christ. 
Whatever happened to Christ? Are you becoming like Him? And this is the burden of those that I think care for souls. You may not want to hear this. You may not even believe it. But God wanted in the Word that if nobody else but Paul had it, he knew what it was to be in the maternity ward the second time, saying, I don't want you to go back to more religious rituals. I'm longing that Christ will be on display in you. And I wish people would accuse us of being Christians without us telling them we are. It'd be wonderful to be accused without you going out and saying you are. Instead of saying what we're doing there, we're saying we are, and everybody's wondering what that is, for they don't see Christ. May God conform us to the image of his Son. And he's wielding everything in your life to get you to look like Jesus. He doesn't want you to look like your dad. He doesn't want you to look like your mom. He wants you to look like Jesus Christ. So that there becomes a common identity coming down to this place that I start meeting little Christ, little Christ, when I meet you. Because it is Christ that makes me want to come to this place. Not even myself, Christ. Our Father, how much like Christ are we as a people? My, my, my. Do we think like him? Do we act like him? Does anybody accuse us of knowing him? I'm, I'm sick of uh, full buildings and empty hearts. Of people who know all their religious lingo. And got to complain about a little bit of something, about something all the time. But they don't uh, overflow with the majesty, the wonder. Oh, to be full of Christ. Sometimes I see him walking in the lampstand and I, I'm hearing him say, Smyrna, you got a name. Sardis, you say you're alive, but I know you're dead. Laodicea? Yeah, you're really prospering. You've really, you've gotten bigger. Man, you're driving better cars. You got bigger buildings, but somehow you don't let me run the church anymore. I'm just an outside guest. I'm not an internal controller. I must say, Lord, I know the church is always one step from apostasy, and that step is my heart. I would like to say, uh, if you wouldn't mind, I'd sure like to know you better. I, uh, I'd rather know Christ than to be the pastor of this church. I'd rather be with him outside the camp than to be popular in the camp and not have his fellowship. I hear Paul say, I've counted everything waste counted all things but waste that I might simply gain Christ and that I might know him in the fellowship of his suffering and in the power of his resurrection being made conformable to his death for I have not apprehended everything for which I was apprehended but this one thing I do I forget everything in the past 
And I am stretching, stretching, stretching that I may lay hold of Christ. Oh, put Christ back in the church. Christ back in the home. Christ in the center of our lives. He should not be outside. You ought to be feeling at home inside our heart. Do it, I pray. Feel welcome. If this world spurns and spits on you, let us at least adore you. For you saved us for this purpose. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Questions, comments about the program, as always, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by giving us a call, 855-833-9864. If you've got a question for Pastor Phil, you can use your smartphone. The Voice Memo app on that smartphone is a great way to reach out to us with your questions, praise reports, and comments. Simply record your question, who you are, where you're calling from, and then email it to us, tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, that's tftquestions at valleybible.org. And again, as always, you'll find more information about Truth For Today at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. Now, Truth For Today is a listener-supported ministry. We have friends and family members who have come alongside to financially support the ministry to ensure that it continues on this radio station. Would you be a part of that family, that friendship? We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us again. You can securely donate at truthfortodayradio.org or by calling 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Blessed be the name of the Lord.